The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba presents a 25th Silver Anniversary College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, here's your host, Phil Houck. And now, just back from an inspirational one-month pilgrimage to the birthplace of Newt Rockne in Voss, Norway, please welcome the great and inspired Fighting Irish poet, Sir Philip Houck. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's good to be back out here with my people. Thank you. Thank you so much. This one's for Newt. I call it Three Down, Three to Go. A loss to Cincy in week five threatened to stop the Irish drive. And next up was Vatek. That could turn the season into a wreck. The game went to the wire. Eight points down late, the situation was dire. But suddenly, great in the two-minute drill. Eureka! The tempo offense was Jack Cohn's skill. Lesson learned, the offense evolved. Kelly hoped his problems were solved. Sure enough, the next three in South Bend saw the Irish offense ascend. Cohn's passing became efficient. Tommy Reese's play calling was omniscient. Accuracy and no interceptions were tossed. Three went down, Trojans, Tar Heels, and Navy all lost. Eight and one sure feels great. Now Virginia, G-Tech, and Stanford await. Irish with hopes for a New Year's Six show because three are down with three to go. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you for the flowers. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to the podcast and sign up for notifications on the FightingIrishPreview.com website. It's free. Thank you very much. I love you all. Go Irish. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of IrishIllustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Flight by Yingling. Raise the bar with only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values, which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and expertise provide peace of mind for you and your business. Tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning, the full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzburg. I don't speak for a lot of companies, but Sheer McCulloch is a firm that provides a great and much-needed service. As Sharon and I get older, we've been thinking of moving, but frankly, the thought is somewhat overwhelming. That's where Shearer McCulloch comes in with a full-service plan that takes the pressure off. Listen to this. Shearer McCulloch will sell your house, auction the items you don't want to take, then pack everything else and move you. In sports terms, that's a blowout win. 
Sheer McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They'll get top dollar for your special treasures. Sheer McCulloch is highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms, plus their AAA with the Better Business Bureau. Call them at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. They'll make your moving experience easy and profitable. Shearer McCulloch. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment, six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DG Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. This is Art Salzburg. Congratulations, Phil and Tim, on 25 years of Fighting Irish Preview. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Tim Priester, you know, you just never know what you're going to get with Navy. And uh, we talked about Notre Dame needing to get a fast start. And lo and behold, the Irish trailed 3-0 to zero at the end of the first quarter. But really at that point, the game I was watching, and of course we were watching them from the same vantage point, I was really impressed by what the Notre Dame defense was doing, and I really felt like it was a matter of time. What were your thoughts at that moment? Similar to that, Phil. I mean, you hate to have empty possessions against Navy because that can cause real trouble. And Notre Dame had had no points after three possessions, and that was a bit concerning. But as the game went on, it was obvious that Navy had no answers offensively. And then when they lost their starting quarterback late in the second quarter, there was just no way. I allowed for 16 points for Navy. And maybe they would have scored a touchdown if Ty Labatai had had stayed in the game, but um, just not enough. And I, and you know I think it's pretty clear now that uh, Brian Kelly and his defense, Mike Elston, Marcus Freeman, dating back to Clark Lee, they've got this uh, triple option thing figured out pretty well. Yeah, yeah, they do. And that you bring up. Uh, there's really two guys I want to talk about, and I want to talk. Uh, it's focused on the defensive line play of Notre Dame. And so first of all, uh, let's go to Kurt Heinisch. 10 total tackles in the game, uh, really impressive. And, and when, you're, when your nose guard is getting the tackles against the option, you know you're doing something right and that the option's really not going to work. And he had 10 tackles in the game. Comment on Heinish's play and the defensive line in general. And how good is Kurt Heinish? Is he an NFL-quality player? Well, he was great on Saturday, and I, I don't know that any of us expected him to dominate that much. But they Navy was on their backup center. And every time he lined up in the A-gap, either A-gap, he was either abusing the center or the the, the offensive guard. So he, he was absolutely dominant. And, and you're right, Phil. When the nose tackle is dominating like that, you take away the fullback diver, you at least slow it down. You push the quarterback off his mark, and now all they have is the, the outside pitch. And, and Navy just is not as talented at slot back as they normally are. So Heinrich set the stage. The interior defensive line dominated the game. I think they had, I don't know, more than 20 tackles just from the, the defensive tackles alone. And as far as Heinish in the NFL, I think that he's, I mean, I think he's the kind of guy that every team would like to have uh, in their organization. Will he be dominant like he was against Navy? I think I, that may be the last time we ever see Kurt Heinish that dominant. But I think that he's a guy that can hang around in the NFL, he's not he's not overly gifted physically, quickness, 
uh, size. Certainly there are other guys that are a lot bigger than him, but what a warrior and dedicated to the Notre Dame cause 57 games now, I think in a, in a Notre Dame uniform and he was outstanding against Navy. Yeah. Every game he plays, he sets that record, uh, for most games played by a Notre Dame player. That's pretty amazing. He definitely has the right mentality, I'd say, to, to make it at the next level. Uh, but then also talking about uh, the success of that defensive line and the the experience of this coaching staff at stopping the option. And the key there, I guess, we should talk about Mike Elston. And, and there's a guy whose name comes up every so often on this show, but we've never really talked much about Mike Elston. Uh, there's a guy who uh, not that long ago obviously wanted to be a head coach. Uh, he has stuck with Brian Kelly, uh, I think now for 16 seasons. Tell us about Mike Elston. What do you know about him? Well, he's the guy at one point that was really struggling with the defensive line. And then, you know, the longer he was at Notre Dame with Brian Kelly, the, the more he figured things out. He's recruited extremely well. His coaching of tackles and defensive ends in recent years has been outstanding. He's a company man. He's loyal. Yeah, he wanted to be a head coach like most um, assistant football coaches want to. And I'm sure that if that opportunity ever arose, he would still jump at it. But he's tried several times. I think he's come to realize that being uh, the defensive line coach and now the recruiting coordinator, and he's worn many, many hats beyond defensive line coach, including a linebacker coach for for, uh, a short period of time. I think he's learned that uh, he's got a pretty good niche with the Notre Dame organization, and he's been great. I mean, the D-line just keeps getting better and better, and the recruiting along that that defensive line has picked up with each passing year. Well, sometimes you find your niche, and maybe he has found his niche. And uh, if anybody ever needs a specialist at stopping the uh, triple option, though, I would say he's maybe your man. Uh, red zone touchdown issues for the Irish offense, Tim. 71st nationally this year, just – 59%. This really has been an issue for the last two years under Tommy Reese. And you wrote about it this week on irishillustrated.com and talked to Brian Kelly about it. Does it have something to do with the Irish not having a big time receiver near the goal line and maybe not typically having a mobile quarterback, although they do have Tyler Buckner? What's the limitation there? Why aren't the Irish scoring touchdowns in the red zone? Well, the reference that Brian Kelly made was having that big play receiver, and certainly Chase Claypool was excellent uh, in the red zone. And it was reflected during the time that Chip Long was offensive coordinator, but it has dropped off under Tommy Reese in 22 games in only 11 of those 22 games have they had um, a touchdown rate of more than 50% in in a game. And, you know, you can get away with that. Uh, You can have, you can have some empty possessions and some failures in the red zone against Navy. Uh, But when when you're, when you're facing the top level opponents, they've just got to be better. And I think, you know, I think Michael Mayer is being bracketed many times down there and no, no whiteout has really established himself. They've been running the football into the end zone better, both from distance with with Kyron Williams, but also from the red zone. So that's improved, but the overall numbers haven't. And it's 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 really, I look at it as the one real chink in the armor of Tommy Reese as offensive coordinator because I think he's been uh, diverse and creative and has done a lot of good things between the twenties. But it's just look, you're not going to be great in every aspect. Uh, of offense and defense. I think a lot of times people expect there to be no slippage in any area. There's a million moving parts with football, but red zone offense is an extremely important one and they have to get much better at it. 
Well, having a guy like Chase Claypool and before him Miles Boykin near that goal line, I think makes the offensive coordinator shine just a little bit more in the red zone. Tim Jack Cohn passing for a high percentage, uh, but the performance against Navy, not a great one overall for the offense. I think maybe we should see Tyler Buckner a little bit more. And there are situations where I say, well, why isn't Buckner in there now? What do you think? Should Tyler Buckner get more playing time? Is he ready for more playing time? Yeah, I I think he's ready for more playing time. We had an opportunity to speak with him this week, and it was uh, uh, fascinating because he's such a bright young man. I thought he could have played a little bit more against Navy, but we're kind of nitpicking, I think, a little bit because Jack Cohn's the guy, and you want him to get in a rhythm, and it's worked. The coaching staff has done a fantastic job of balancing, you know, most of the time two quarterbacks, but sometimes three, I think. Buckner is progressing real nicely. He's completed all five of his passes in the last three games, which isn't a lot, but it was it was progress from early in the season. So now when he's in the game, he can throw for a touchdown. He can run for a touchdown. That's happened a couple times uh, in, in the last three games. So, you know, I think they're bringing him along at a good pace. Jack Cohn is still the driving force for them at quarterback. And by completing, you know, with the with – the, um, uh, in the last four games, I think he's completing 73% of his passes. He was just shy of 80% l- last week. Uh, he's doing a lot of good things. They're protecting him better. I-, I think everybody would like to see Tyler Buckner as much as possible because he is the obvious heir apparent. But I also have to give a coaching staff a, a great deal of credit for not only balancing uh, two and three quarterbacks at a time, but getting productivity out of all of them. Yeah, you certainly can't argue with 73% passing, which is what Cone's been doing since Virginia Tech. And also, Buckner was real impressive in that press conference. He, he just he seemed so happy to be at Notre Dame, and then he dropped it on the, on the assembled media that he has a girlfriend now at Notre Dame and uh, with a smile on his face. And so maybe now we know why he's so happy at Notre Dame. I thought that was a, a really great moment. Tim, one thing I do each week is after attending the games in person, I do the same thing you do. I rewatch the games on TV. I know you do that. Like I said, I, you do that too because you write a great article each week called The Tale of the Tape on irishillustrated.com. And that's based upon your review of the game. Uh, but I want to talk about the TV coverage a little bit, and specifically uh, Drew Brees. Uh, how do you like that team up of Mike Tirico and Drew Brees? Because I, I think they're terrific. I think they're excellent. They really are. And Drew Brees, for a guy that hasn't done a whole lot of this, has really picked up and, and, and run with it. Tirico's so easy to work with. We actually had an opportunity to, to, to speak with him a little bit during the week when they announced the Navy Notre Dame game in Ireland in a couple of years. And and so Tariko blends really well and sets up his partner, but Breeze is, is very comfortable. And I think he does a great job of explaining the nuances of football without getting too technical for the people out there that aren't, you know, obviously players and coaches. I, I think he breaks down things very rapidly and, and, and uh, in a way that's very understandable. And I, I find his insight fascinating. I, I'm not, you know, I think a lot of people watch these broadcasts and look for uh, the analysts to be uh, pulling against Notre Dame. I never thought that that was true with Doug Flutie. I know a lot of people did. Drew Brees, I don't think, has has elicited any comments like that. And, and uh, he's providing great commentary. I really like his work. 
Yeah, you, when you said use the word understandable, that's exactly what it says here in my notes. Uh, he explains things so they're understandable, and it's certainly we all know that a, a guy with his background and experience in the NFL understands things at a really high level. But uh, to the viewer, you can you can really see a see a different diet of the game. He does a great job. We got to talk about Avery Davis. Avery Davis, unfortunately, with the uh, season-ending injury uh, in the fourth quarter, it was actually on Kyron Williams' touchdown run. You know, first of all, any chance Avery would come back for a sixth year? And how did the Irish go about replacing Avery Davis? Because he's been a key component and a steady component of the receiving core. Yeah, we haven't had an opportunity to talk to Avery Davis about that, so that remains to be seen. But Brian Kelly made it very clear that the door is open if he wants to come back for six years. And frankly, he wants to play in the NFL, and he is, because of the torn ACL, he's not going to have the opportunity to do all the things that uh, that a prospect has to do upon the conclusion of the season. So I would think that that's, if that remains his goal, which I'm sure it is, uh, he may very well come back, which would be a huge boost for Notre Dame. As far as replacements, Lorenzo Styles moves into the starting lineup at the Z position, and Brian Kelly explained a variety of moves to help compensate. Kevin Austin will play the the W, and when he doesn't, he'll slide over to the X because that's where Styles was playing. Deion Colsey, the freshman, will jump over to the W when Austin's playing the X. I know I'm throwing around a lot here. Uh, Kyron Williams will work from the slot. Chris Tyree will work from the slot. They'll do some things with Michael Mayer where they line him up to the boundary so that they can put their their uh, their wideouts to one side of the field to the wide side of the field. So I think they've got a pretty good plan. I thought, you know, you try to figure it out in advance, but I didn't I didn't think I don't think I figured it out quite as quite as well as Brian Kelly and his staff did. I you're going to miss Avery Davis, there's no doubt about it. But it gets Lorenzo Styles on the field a little bit more and he's a guy that's been coming coming on strong. Well as far as reps and uh th- that receiver room now razor thin we certainly can't afford any more losses tim we usually wait for the second segment to go deep into this week's opponent but we've got to talk a little bit about brennan armstrong as we sit here now uh what are your thoughts about brennan armstrong the virginia quarterback and what do we know about whether he will play and i know it's not a lot but what are what's your what's your gut feeling on that well, first of all, he's an outstanding player. He's, a, he's averaging almost 400 yards passing a game, a left-handed passer that has, without a doubt, the best group of pass catchers that Nordman has faced this year. And he's taking advantage of it, throwing for for uh, just short of 400 yards per game. So he's dynamic and he can run. He, uh, you know, he's kind of a, uh, he's a lot like Sam Howell. I don't think that he's quite the NFL prospect that Howell is, but in terms of of uh, versatility. He's like that. Do I think he'll play? I think he'll play injured. There's no doubt about it that, that he's has a rib injury, whether it's actually broken or not. We've heard a lot about that, but he he's injured. Uh, he's a warrior. I, I, you know, in terms of approach, I, I, I compare him to uh, Braxton Burmeister from Virginia tech, who I think is a real savvy football player as well. This guy is a little bit more advanced, so he'll play, uh, it's, it, it'll come down to pain tolerance, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot of pain trying to play, and I'm sure Notre Dame's defense will try to inflict a little bit more pain on him. Well, Brennan Armstrong it stirs the drink, so to speak, for uh, that offense, and without him on there, 
it's really going to be uh, interesting to watch. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero, key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 365th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Introducing Flight by Yingling, the next generation of light beer. For those who don't follow trends, but craft them. Flight by Yingling is 12 ounces of uncompromised refreshment from America's oldest brewery. With only 2.6 grams of carbs and 95 calories, this is premium refreshment six generations in the making. Don't just raise a glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling, now available wherever beer is sold. DJ Yingling and Sun Incorporated, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame and Virginia have only matched up three times in their history. The initial meeting was on August 31st, 1989, and was the first game the Irish played after winning the 1988 National Championship. The Irish prevailed that day 36-13. to 13. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The Irish are at Virginia this week. TV coverage on ABC is at 7.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Master Craft, and Premier Pontoons. We share your boating passion. And this year, to honor 25 years on the air, we are focusing on the great running backs of the Fighting Irish preview years, the last quarter century. And so far this year, we have honored many greats, including last week, Josh Adams. And now this week, another guy who could explode at any moment, just like Adams did, Dexter Williams. As a high school star in Orlando, Florida, Dexter Williams had to deal with adversity when he nearly lost his mom to a rare autoimmune disease. When Dexter was only 14 years old, Cheryl Williams lapsed into a coma and did not regain consciousness for three months. Dexter was deeply impacted by this experience, and it strengthened immeasurably the bond he had with his mom. A few years later, in 2015, Williams was headed to South Bend after a stellar high school career running the football. Williams, who overall had been rated one of the top 100 prospects in the country, took some time to adapt to the college game, and while fellow freshman Josh Adams was setting records, Dexter logged just 21 carries for 81 yards and one touchdown that first year. By his sophomore season, he started to show promise when he broke away for a 59-yard TD in a game against Syracuse. For that season, in spot duty, he gained 200 yards and scored three TDs. In 2017, the Josh Adams show continued, but Williams did show more flashes of things to come. He carried the ball just 39 times but gained 360 yards for an impressive 9.2 yard per carry average. Williams scored four TDs that year, including one from 66 yards out. Josh Adams headed to the NFL, and the way was cleared for playing time for Williams in 2018. Unfortunately, a disciplinary matter kept Williams off the field for the first four games. It was at that point that his mom, Cheryl, who wanted to support her son during a tough time, 
move to South Bend, and into Dexter's apartment. The arrangement seemed to have a positive impact because when Dexter finally got back on the field in Week 5 against Stanford, he broke through on his first carry for a 45-yard touchdown. He finished that first day back with 161 yards. As the Irish rolled to the college football playoffs, Williams was steady and frequently spectacular. His 97-yard TD against Virginia Tech is the second longest in school history and against Florida State, he rushed for 202 yards and scored twice. Williams finished his final season with 995 rushing yards and 13 total TDs. He averaged 6.3 yards per carry. And all along, his mom, Cheryl, was prominent in her support for her son. Tim Dexter Williams was a player that fans had really high expectations for. And when he finally earned a full-time role in 2018, he did not disappoint. Yeah, fans were clamoring for Dexter Williams for a long time. And, you know, Josh Adams was a great back that came in at the, the same time and was a more productive football player. But, you know, they needed him his last year. And he, unfortunately, he fell just a couple yards short of 1,000 yards. But they they needed him. He was the spark. You mentioned the 6.3-yard average, 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he was outstanding when they needed him. I, I, I know we all expected to see him early. Uh, but late in his career, he he uh, he came through when he had to. Drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the sixth round, he is currently a member of the New York Giants. The explosive Dexter Williams, Notre Dame, twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen, another all time Irish hero. The Marina Lake Gage, we love boats, and it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage Key to an Irish victory. Virginia is 6-3. and three. They are the sixth opponent who will have had a bye the week before playing the Irish. In their last game, they lost in a shootout to 25th-ranked BYU, 66-49. The Cavaliers lost in Week 3 to common opponent North Carolina, 59-39. This year's version of the Cavaliers is a lot like how we described North Carolina a couple of weeks ago. They score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. They are scoring 38.9 points per game, 11th most nationally, and they give up 30.8 points, 102nd nationally. Much about this game will depend on the status of quarterback Brennan Armstrong. In their last game, Armstrong walked off the field in the second half, pointing at his ribs and telling a coach, it's broken. Brennan is a game-time decision, but with two weeks to heal, chances are probably fairly good he will play, and that's a big deal. Armstrong leads the nation in passing with 3,557 yards and has thrown 27 TD passes, and he can run it. And he has done so for 271 yards and seven scores. Nursing broken ribs, however, would undoubtedly limit that aspect of his game. Plan B behind Armstrong at quarterback is fuzzy. There's no clear-cut number two. When Armstrong went out in the BYU game, it was Jay Wolfolk who took over. Wolfolk is a freshman who has thrown just six passes in his career. It is possible that Bronco Mendenhall would employ a quarterback-by-committee approach that would include some wildcat. Having two weeks to prepare is an advantage here, particularly if Brennan can't play and Virginia has had to game plan a committee approach at quarterback. Virginia is loaded with athletes. 
and athletic receivers. They are the only team in the nation with five players with at least 400 yards each receiving. The best of the batch may be 6'1", Dontavian Wicks, who has 972 yards and nine TDs. Also watch out for 6'7", tight end Jelani Woods, and athlete football player, jack-of-all-trades, Katoyan Thompson. Wayne Talopapa is the leading rusher with 290 yards and two TDs, but make no mistake, Virginia wants to throw the ball. They are number one nationally in total offense at 545 yards per game, and 400 of those yards come through the air. Defensively, head coach Bronco Mendenhall has long run a 3-3-5 scheme, but this year it has not been very effective. Besides giving up a lot of points, the Cavaliers give up 466 yards per game, which ranks them 122nd in total defense. They are just averaging slightly over one sack per game, and they don't get a lot of tackles for loss. The ND offense should find plenty of room to operate. A lot depends on the availability of Armstrong to play this game. With him in the lineup, Virginia's offense is formidable and can score points on anyone. Without him... The Cavalier offense, while full of weapons, is a big question mark. Tim Priester, what is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Obviously, number one on the list is the health of Armstrong and his availability. But beyond that, if we thought North Carolina's defense was bad, this one's worse. Virginia's is worse. They are in the 102nd or lower in sacks, tackles for loss, scoring defense, rushing defense, total defense, yards per play, opponent big plays. They're really bad, really bad defensively. And it all starts up front. A, a very poor defensive line. Notre Dame needs to run the football on them. They will run the football on them. And when they do that, it will certainly open up the passing game. It starts up front against a very poor Virginia defensive line. All right. Take advantage of a, of a porous and weak defensive line and run the football That should open everything else up for the Irish offense. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, who is this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish? Well, (laughs) this is pretty easy. And I think I've said before, it'd be easy to choose Kyron Williams. But Kyron Williams should have so much room to run this weekend. Um, I mean, he should have a big day. And maybe they line him up in the slot. And Logan Diggs gets a few more carries. I think the combination of Williams and Diggs carrying the football, it's going to be a huge night for Notre Dame's running game. Okay, Kyron Williams uh, is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 21 Indiana locations. Tim, where do the Irish stand health-wise this week? And uh, apparently no Kyle Hamilton again. Yeah, no Kyle Hamilton. And as we mentioned, uh, no Avery Davis. Um, Drew White, who played last week with a torn right labrum and a torn left PCL in his knee. I'm sure we'll give it a go again. What a warrior for them. Josh Lug, Brian Kelly said that his back's been bothering him again. That was something that he struggled with uh, last week. Notre Dame's right tackle. That would that would hurt because he's really gotten in a groove on, on that right side. We'll see. Uh, backup running back Sebo Flemister suffered an unspecified injury during this week's practice. Okay, well it's November and a lot of a lot of hurt football players out there on every team. Thanks, Tim. That is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report, and it's now time for the world famous Irish Illustrated Prediction, brought to you by Polypro beautiful four times stronger than epoxy 
lifetime warranty garage floors in one day. Check them out at polyprofloors.com. My wife and I love our polypro floor. Look them up on Facebook or go to polyprofloors.com. Tim Priester Vegas says the Irish by five and a half points. This is a tough one because of the question about Brendan Armstrong's availability. But I have faith in you, Tim. What does America's foremost authority say? You're going to make me um, make one pick as opposed to two with Armstrong without. That's fine because I think he will play and I think I'll give it a shot. And he may even have success because he's a warrior, too. But at the end of the day, you know, they've lost three games. They lost to North Carolina by 20. They lost to Wake Forest by 20 and they lost to BYU by 17. I think that's forgotten because we hear more about the six wins than we do the three losses. So I think they'll be compromised offensively. Notre Dame should have a good day uh, offensively themselves. They're on the road at night. Maybe they're not perfect, but I have a score of 40 to 27 in favor of Notre Dame. Notre Dame 40, Virginia 27 is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, And I want to point out that we discussed how these picks might go down before off the air, but we did not reveal our picks. So here goes. Tim, my guess is that Armstrong will play, uh, and of course not at peak effect and, uh, effectiveness, and that bodes very well for the Irish because one thing seems certain, the Irish will be able to score points, and I'm just one point off of your prediction. Notre Dame 40, <laughs> Virginia 28. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovelin, Brett Rump, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. For more Fighting Irish Preview, check out FightingIrishPreview.com and also listen to and subscribe to our podcast, available on all podcast platforms. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions.